American Ballpark. It's the Better Off Red Podcast. Here's your host, Jamie Ramsey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Better Off Red Podcast. I'm so happy you took time out of your busy holiday schedule to check in with us this week, and we're hoping you enjoy the show. Joining us on the program is the one and only Adam Dunn. Adam is currently retired from baseball, living in Texas, and enjoying the time he gets to spend with his wife and three children, and we're excited this week to get to catch up with the former Red Slugger. But before we do that, I'd like to take a moment to remind you folks that every Tuesday night through the end of December and into the new year, the Reds Hot Stove League radio show will broadcast live from 6 to 7 at the Holy Grail in downtown Cincinnati, just across the street from Great American Ballpark. Join Marty and Tom Brenneman and Jim Kelch for an hour of Reds baseball as they warm up the winter nights by talking about the boys of summer. Immediately following the Hot Stove program, Better Off Red Baseball Trivia takes the stage to test your baseball knowledge with a nine-inning game hosted by yours truly. So join us every Tuesday at the Holy Grail for the Reds Hot Stove League show and Better Off Red Baseball Trivia. It's free and open to the public. A veteran of 14 big league seasons, Adam Dunn burst upon the scene with the Cincinnati Reds in 2001 and spent the next eight years hitting 270 home runs for the Reds while getting on base at a 380 clip. In five seasons from 2004 to 2008, Dunn averaged 41 home runs, 100 RBI, and a 915 OPS. In July 2008, Adam was traded from Cincinnati to Arizona. He'd go on to play in parts of eight more big league seasons with the Diamondbacks, Nationals, White Sox, and Athletics. He retired at the age of 34 in 2014, having never played in a postseason game. He did, however, accumulate incredible individual statistics, including 462 career home runs, which ranks 35th all-time. Dunn ranks among the top 10 all-time Reds leaders in on-base percentage, slugging, home runs, walks, and OPS. A divisive figure among Cincinnati sports fans, Dunn had his share of critics who thought he was perhaps too this or too that, or struck out too much, or didn't drive in enough runs. Whatever the case, Adam has nothing to apologize for. In fact, his power numbers are among the greats in the game. At the time of his retirement at age 34, Adam had more home runs than both Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire when they were 34. And in the long and storied history of baseball, only McGuire has more career home runs and fewer career games than Dunn. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Dunn. Okay, I'm here with Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn, how's it going, my man? I'm going good, man. How about you? Just want to say hello and welcome and uh, let you know that the Reds fans out there are are, are really pleased uh, to know that you're going to be on the show this time. And uh, uh, you're still a big, huge fan favorite here in Cincinnati, despite the, the, the years that you were here and didn't really get a chance to uh, get into the postseason. But uh, your your power and the way you played the game and your your overall attitude was uh, really appreciated by a, a lot of us here in Cincinnati, and we're just thrilled to, that you're on the show today. Well, I'm glad to be on, man, and that means a lot because, um, you know, obviously I I grew up in Cincinnati. Um, you know, Cincinnati was always 
always home because that's where not only I spent most of my time, but, you know, like I said, I, I, I grew up there. And, uh, you know, so for, for, for fans to, to feel that way, I mean, it means a lot, you know, to me. So you're in uh you're in Texas now and you're uh, you're raising your three kids uh, along with your what your beautiful wife and uh, you're enjoying the retirement life aren't you I am uh, you know like a you know I'm I don't really consider myself retired I, uh, <laughs> I'm a lot more busy now than than I ever thought I would be but um, you know it's 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 a good it's a good thing I, I'm not the kind that can just sit around and uh, you know do nothing. So, in addition to uh, raising your your two boys and your daughter, are you getting a chance to um, do some things that you you'd always wanted to do, like in the summer times and in in your off season, where you don't have to worry about preparing for the next season? Like, are you are you fishing? Are you hunting? Are you playing golf? Yeah, uh, all three. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I try to do all three a lot. Um, you know, I've always been a, a big hunt, hunter and fisher fisherman, I guess you'd call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know, I'm able to fish a lot of tournament trails that I always want to fish. Just never had the, the time. So, um, you know, I'm enjoying, enjoying doing all that. Um, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on that, that definitely, definitely keeps me busy. Um, kind of both physically and mentally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're down in Texas, um, getting a chance to, to be a father. And we spoke offline about that and how important that is for, uh, for, for you to be there at, at still at a very young age to be there for your kids when, you know, a lot of guys that are in this business don't get a chance to be the, the family man as much as they, they, they want to be because baseball takes up so much time. Can you talk a little bit about how nice that is for you to be just to be a dad? Yeah. I mean, it, again, it, it means everything to me. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to have, you know, or have, uh, you know, a mom and dad that they never missed a practice. Um, they never missed a game. And, uh, you know, I told myself when, whenever my, you know, kids are able to pick up the phone and ask where I'm at, how come I'm not taking them to practice? When will I be home? Because they, you know, they don't, don't understand. They understand one thing and that's, you're not there. Right. And, um, so, you know, when that started happening, I knew that that was, this was, this was going to be the end for me because, you know, my parents looking back, I know how much that meant uh, you know, to me. And I don't want to miss my kids, uh, growing up. So was it that, did it take that one phone call? Did one of your kids just call you up and say, dad, what's going on? Where are you? And then boom, that kind of set it off for you. It it was actually, I can pinpoint today. Um, it was in June. Yep. And, uh, my oldest called me about three o'clock and, um, you know, couldn't figure out why I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it. He was in doing tennis at the time and, and, figuring couldn't couldn't, real, couldn't didn't realize you know what was going on or or, yeah. or how come i wasn't able to where was i mm-hmm. well how come you're not taking me to practice what's going on here right and uh you know you try to explain that you know the seven-year-old or however sure. seven time so um you know i i knew that um you know that the end was end was near that 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 was a profound phone call for you and that probably put it all into perspective and kind of sounds like it really hit home huh sure i mean you know, things happen for a reason and and you know you're always you know i'm always looking uh you know i, I truly believe things happen for a reason yeah. and you know getting that phone call that day and um you know just not not enjoying the game like like i normally 
um, you know, have in the past. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just made it just easy. Now, and I think, in my opinion, just the way I see it, that says a lot about you because you're – you just finished up your age 34 season in, in 2014 when you got that phone call. You hit 22 home runs that year. Uh, very serviceable. Still, you know, in my opinion, you could have helped out any other 29 other teams or thir- all 30 teams. Um, but and, and you're sitting on 462 home runs. You're near a milestone. Uh, you probably had another contract in you, but you, you didn't really. That wasn't important to you as much as you know as being home and being a dad. And I think that says a lot about who you are as a person. Well, like I said, I mean, that just goes back to, you know, me realizing what I had, you know, growing up with, with, with a mom and a dad that, that, you know, instilled that stuff that, you know, if you're, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, then, you know, go do something else. Right. And, uh, not that I wasn't happy doing it. I just, there was other things that needed my attention more than, you know, the best aspect. And you probably had to reflect too. You had played 14 seasons. It wasn't like you were, you were in and out of the league. You, you stuck around for 14 years and, you know, again, it's, it's, it's hard to sit back and, and do that because, you know, I I judge, you know, kind of a successful career by probably a lot of different things than, than a lot of people. You know, I've made some, some great relationships in the game that will last a lot longer than baseball will. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's baseball, you know, allowed me to meet these people and I'm, you know, forever grateful for that. But, um, you know, I enjoyed playing, I enjoyed playing every day and, um, you know, it's just, it's when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And, you know, I didn't want to sit around trying to chase numbers, you know, then I feel like I'm doing it for, you know, playing the game for the wrong reason. And right. I wasn't doing that. And, um, I wasn't, didn't want to take a spot from a kid that, you know, is, is hungry and, you know, wanting to get to where I was. I, I, I just, you know, I didn't feel that that was right. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your time here in Cincinnati. You were here from, you got drafted by the Reds. You came up with your good friend, Austin Kearns. You were here from 2001 through uh, some of the 2008 season before you were traded. Uh, unfortunately, the team, Never won more than 80 games while you were here, and that's uh, the, the probably a huge disappointment for you. As you said, you don't really uh, you don't really care too much about the individual statistics, as you would have probably traded in a, one of one or two, or maybe all of those 40 home run seasons for a chance to, you know, go into the playoffs, play in the NLCS, and in the World Series. Yeah, that's not even. I mean, that's not even a question, and you know, people. People say, you know, people wouldn't do that, and I think they're playing the game for the wrong reason. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, playing there, there was nothing more that I wanted to do than, you know, to bring a championship to, to Cincinnati. And, um, you know, every year it was, you know, it was it was depressing, honestly, because, yeah. you know, every spring training I had the highest hopes and, you know, things just didn't pan out. And, right. um, you know, I would have, I would have given anything to, to been able to do that. You were a guy that played uh, several seasons in which you played 160 games or more. Uh, you were you just didn't take days off. Was that something that that you took pride in? Maybe more so than the uh, the statistics that you were out there every day playing. That I mean, again, that means 
yes. I mean, I took a lot of pride in that um, because I enjoyed playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't believe in days off. I believe, I mean, if, if you got a day off, um, you know, that was, you were getting benched and, um, you know, that, that to me, that's why I wanted to make sure I was in the lineup every single day because I didn't, I didn't want a day off because in my mind I wasn't getting a rest. I was getting benched. And, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, that's just how it is. So you know, I want to play in as many games as I could. And I think that flies in the face of uh, some of the critics. I, I know a well-known GM that we won't mention his name that uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of questioned your uh, your desire to play, but I, I think he failed to realize yeah. that you were out there every every day for several several seasons. Yeah, I mean that. You know, I you know, I, I, I there was there was there, there was some bad raps out there, and you know, again, I I, it, I didn't let that bother me because. You know, what, what mattered to me was, you know, the 24 other guys in the locker room. And, um, you know, I think I'm pretty confident that that they'll all say the same thing, that, um, you know, that obviously I, I wanted to be out there with them every, every you know, every day, every, day, every inning. Right. Uh, because that was my job, and that's something that I enjoy doing. I don't know too many players as self-deprecating as, as you were, when especially in your time in Cincinnati. If I – just to ask you, as Adam Dunn looking back on the younger Adam Dunn here in Cincinnati, why do you th- why do you think there was such a small number of folks who were critical of the way you went about your business or the way that you played the game? Uh, you know, I've really never looked back and thought about it, but um, I like to have fun, and yeah. I feel like that if I'm having fun. Um, you know, then, then I'm probably at my best. And uh, it's hard to have fun when you're losing. And, yeah. you know, I realize that. But, you know, the way that I get – and still to this day, the way that I get, you know, motivated and, and, and I shouldn't say motivated, but, you know, the, I, I have to I – I love, I love having fun. And I think baseball is a, is a game where it's meant to have fun. And Well, it's a game, you know, first you of get, all. You're right. It is. It's a game, and you know. And I understand it's a it's a big business, and I get that. But, um, you know, if you're not having fun out there doing it, then it becomes, you know, a, a something miserable to you know. And that, that that just wasn't me. Right, and I I agree with you. I think I think if you guys, um, instead of uh, you know, winning seventy six games every year, uh, if you'd have lost seventy six and you know been in the playoffs every year, I think the critics would have been easier on you. And I think even, you know, the, your fans would have, uh, sure. I think they would have, you know, saw that, you know, this guy even so is, you know, a star player. And I think, I think that's what it is. I think the team, in my opinion, the team success hinged on individuals. Yeah. And again, I mean, uh, I, I get it. You know, I was, did I do some things that, that I probably shouldn't have done or that I've done more? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I agree. I mean, I'm, there's things that should have done uh, more, and there's things I probably should have done a lot less. But um, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, I know that uh, throw the numbers out. I know every day, you know, that I was out there that you know I did what I could to help the team win. <laughs> at the end of the day, you had 270 home runs for the Reds and a 900 OPS, which I know you're not a numbers guy, but that's mighty impressive. 
I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so that begs the question. The next question is, um, so not if, but when you get that phone call and that someone calls you up and says, hey, look, we're going to put you in the Reds Hall of Fame. Are you going to have Marty Brenneman induct you? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, first of all, I mean, that's, you know, when you're talking something like that, that I can't, I, I, I can't fathom that kind of stuff, especially with the tradition. Not, not that I can't fathom Marty Brenneman conducting. I, you know, I, I, there's so many great players that have been in the Reds organization that, you know, I can't even, uh, you know, I can't, I, I really can't even fathom, you know, being named, you know, with those guys. So I haven't even thought about that. If you're a statistician out there and a longtime Reds fan, I think it's a no-brainer that eventually you will uh, be back here wearing a, a necktie and a, a hot a hot jacket in July getting inducted into the Reds Hall of Fame. And I, for one, can't wait, and I think you're, uh, you're, you deserve it. Uh, and it's going to be a, a great afternoon at Great American Ballpark. Speaking of Great American Ballpark, um. You were here in 2001, 2002 in Synergy Field. Uh, what was it like for you when uh, that nice, small ballpark opened up in 2003? Uh, you know, it was – I remember, you know, we, 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 opened the, uh, we opened the park by, I think it was two exhibition games against the Indians. Yeah. And um, I think it was Matt Lawton. He, he, you know, he hit one to left, right field. And, I mean, it's a – you know, it's a pretty sure it's pop up, and it was 15 <laughs> rows deep. And at that point, I was like, "Oh boy, you know, this is going to be." This and this was before the boat was up there. And right. This was before they closed off. I mean, there was a jet stream, you wouldn't believe. Right. And uh, you know, right and left field, but um, you know, they put the boat up, and then they kind of closed off the little jetway, jet stream mm -hmm. area, and um, you know, then it was. It's obviously a great, great hidden part, but right. Um, you know, those, those first year or two was, was pretty special. <laughs> so it only took you uh, an, into an exhibition game at Great American Paul Park to realize that this was uh, going to be a launching pad. Yeah, I mean, it. again, it was – I saw him hit that, and I, you know, I was like, okay. And then I think I think the I – think, I, I can't remember if we opened up with the Pirates, but anyway, Jason Kendall hit one, and I knew when – well, I know when Jason Kendall hit a home run, we got action. <laughs> and you had action. Take me, yep, take me, sure. uh, take me through the uh, that August tenth game in two thousand four when you hit that five hundred and thirty five foot home run off Jose Lee. You know that was so long ago. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I really, I'd be lying if I told you I remember it. Um, but, um, you know, in that in that in that park, you knew. If you hit it good, it was you know you 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 got a chance to you know to hit it out and yeah. um, you know I knew I hit it good, but I didn't I didn't realize how good I hit it. I never was the see it, watch it, see how far bat flip, mm -hmm. cartwheel down the first base type. Um, but you know when you you know again I don't really recall. I mean I remember it, but I don't I don't remember it. But um, you know it was. I'm assuming it felt like the other ones that just had the right trajectory and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, maybe wind aided. <laughs> I think you're one of the only, if probably the only major league baseball player to ever hit a home run in one state and it land, it literally landed in another. 
I know that is pretty neat. <laughs> You can't take that away. You can't take that away. Absolutely not. You played with some, you played with some, some great players. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that, you know, the team wasn't successful here in Cincinnati, you still played with some really, you played with a hall of fame, two hall of famers, Barry Larkin and your friend Ken Mm -hmm. Ken Griffey Jr. How special was it for you uh, this year to see uh, Ken get into the hall of fame? Yeah. I mean, again, it it was a matter of if it was, you know, it, it was just, you know, just kind of waiting on, waiting on the day. But, right. um, you know, there, obviously there's not a more deserving player to, to ever play the game. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, he, he kind of, he's a guy that is pretty, you know, his, his circle's really small and, mm-hmm. you know, he took a lot of bad criticism as well. Yeah. Uh, but if people knew the real Ken and not just junior, because yeah. there's two different people, then um, I think the perception of him would be would be a little different because he is one of the best human beings um, that there is, you know, walking this earth. Mm-hmm. And you guys, you guys became fast friends. I know he, when he was here, he kind of took you under his wing, and I think Austin Kearns could say that as well. Like, and even Jay Bruce later on, you guys took him under your guys's wing, and I think that. Uh, that's got to be a huge help when you're coming up through the minor leagues and then you get that call to the big leagues and then lo and behold, who's there to kind of guide you and help you out other than Ken Griffey Jr. That's Can you talk about how special that was for you? I could not have come up in a better situation as far as having veteran guys um, on the team. I mean, uh, you know, you, have, you go from Sean Casey to Aaron Boone to – uh, you know, Lark Jr., um, you know, these guys did whatever they could to, to, to help you and make you feel comfortable. And, um, you know, we just – we happened to hit it off. And, uh, you know, it was – that was a really, really tight-knit group. And, uh, you know, it was a shame that we couldn't couldn't have, uh, you know, stayed together a little longer and done some, done some things. But, uh, uh, you know, that was – again, that was a, that was a, a really – really good group of guys that that really truly cared about each other do you remember the a-team poster hell yeah oh yeah <laughs> aaron boone adam dunn austin yep. kearns it's one of the great great posters that the reds ever gave away and for those of the, you folks that don't remember it it's a black and white poster with uh, a picture of aaron boone you i think you guys you guys were in t-shirts uh and your yep. uniform pants and you're just in the bowels of the ballpark posing and you're given those tough guy stares it's just one of the all-time greats i just wanted to uh see if you remembered that and uh, if uh if your kids have any of those uh, on their on on the walls of their room oh no no my kids <laughs> do not have any no 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 no, no it's definitely not a shrine in my house that's for sure uh, no it's uh yeah i do remember that poster but uh uh but yeah no my kids I, no, I want. I don't want any. I don't want them. I don't even want them to know I play baseball. <laughs> are they? Uh, are, are they into football, baseball? What's their favorite sport? You know, I think my my oldest is probably baseball. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Uh, my middle, he he will do anything. He'll play. <laughs> he, he just loves being outside and uh, just anything that has to do with sports and competing. He's 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 in. I know you're just joking around about that last part, but do they do they know the extent of what you did as a uh, as a as a professional athlete? No, 
I don't think so. And I don't, you know, again, it's not, that's not important to me. You know, I, I, you know, I, I know I keep saying it, but I, you know, I don't want them. I don't want them to look at me like that. I want them to look at me like dad and, yeah, yeah. you know, not, not anything like that. So, that's awesome. um, yeah, there's no, there's no definitely no shrine or anything like that in my house. So they're in for a treat when they get a little older and they discover that they can look up things on the internet and they find out that their dad was uh, a guy that hit 462 home runs in the big leagues and was a quarterback at Texas. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just I have to explain them. That, that was their real dad. That yeah. wasn't me. <laughs> uh, so as far as you go, uh, do you still are? Do you keep an eye on the game? Do you watch? Uh, do you keep up with it? Or are you too busy to, or just not interested? Or you know, I again, I'd be lying to say I, I, that I do. Yeah. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I keep up with more um, on how you know buddies that I have that are still playing, sure. how, yeah. how they're doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, but again, it's more than baseball. It's, it's, I mean, I want them to do great, but that's not going to dictate whether I call you or not. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, but as far as watching, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't set my schedule around baseball games. So you, you talked about liking to have fun and this is a game and uh that was the most that was one of the more important things for you to do is to go out there and have fun can you tell us a little bit about the phone call adam from milwaukee that you made to the banana phone um when you when you called marty Brenneman during that rain delay yeah i mean you know their rain delays it's a little hectic i mean you got some guys that are uh you know playing cards and um you know you got some guys just sitting locker uh but the kind of the one common denominator was everyone was listening uh you know would listen to 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 marty and kind of, you know hear what everybody had to say and uh whether that's right or wrong you know whatever but a lot of the calls weren't weren't very uh you know it it it, it a lot of people so yeah sure i thought that eventually i'm gonna get on there and you know try to make light of the whole situation and have have a good time so uh that's how that came about. <laughs> you, uh, I think one of the first questions you asked when you got on the phone was, you asked Marty if he was wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I don't, I don't know where that came from. I just, was, like I said, winging it. But you know, for some reason, I pictured pictured Marty up there without a shirt on uh, during the rain delay. And <laughs> See. Funny, isn't it? it? It really is. Was it? Was, yeah. Do you remember if uh, if Scott Hatterberg was near you when you made the call? Because you asked him if uh, what you thought of Scott Hatterberg and and if you thought he, he said I think I thought he was, I think he's overrated. Yeah, yeah, he was he was in there with me. Uh, we did it in uh, Rick Stowe's office, so he was in there. He was in there with me, so that's why he got thrown under the bus. Oh, that was that's that's a beauty. That's a that's one of the things that the when the folks knew that I was going to have you on the show, they 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 wanted to talk about that a little bit. So I'm glad you I'm glad you touched upon that. I got a few sure. more I got a few more questions for you before we get to a few Twitter questions, and I'll let you go here, Adam. But um, All right. recently, you were uh, you you made you made the headlines by uh, acting. And investing in a okay. in a little movie called the Dallas Buyers Club that went on to be nominated for an Academy Award, can you tell us about how that came about and how proud you were of of that project? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, kind of the short version of it. Um, one of one of my good buddies. Um, uh, it's a long story, man. But uh, <laughs> how it kind of came about was he started a production company, and um, you know, I decided. You know, I've been I've, I've invested in multiple things with him, so I decided let's, let's give it a whirl. And the first movie that we got was Dallas Buyers Club, and uh, that being the first movie, I, you know, I thought I, I thought I wanted to to you know just see what it's all about being it. Um, I didn't want any speaking role. I just wanted to just kind of see how it went down. And yeah, um, I will I tell you this: it, it'll probably be a long time before I'm in another one. <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> Those directors, man, perfect to me. Perfect to me means it can't get any better. Well, perfect to them means we're going to do it about seven or eight more times. Um, you know, it's just there's a lot of work that goes into into, sure. into those movies. Wow, that's yeah, that was mighty impressive. And I remember not knowing when I watched the movie. I heard I heard that you had invested in it, but after I, my wife and I were watching the movie, and I saw a a very tall bartender in the background. I said, wait a minute, that's Adam Dunn right there. So I was excited well, to, yeah. uh, uh, I think me and Butch had a, a discussion about it. Cause we were, we were both uh, uh movie go, we're both movie goers and we really were, we're pulling for the movie just based on that during the, uh, the Academy Award season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, Tell me a little bit about uh, the day you pitched. You, you pitched in August fifth, two thousand fourteen, in a game against the Rangers, and you pitched an inning. That mm -hmm. had to be a, a a thrill for you to get out there on the mound. Yeah, it was something that I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, every pitcher thinks they can hit, and every hitter thinks they can pitch. And uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I I I was lobbying for that for a long time, and. Uh, you know, to actually get to do it was was it was it was it was a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have ever have any uh, 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 bad memories of Mike Lieberthal tackling you from behind before you could get to Carlos Silva in two thousand three? Oh yeah, I mean, I have nightmares <laughs> about that. You know, obviously, if I could have done it all over again, I would have. It would have played out a whole lot different. But uh, <laughs> it was it was probably a, it was probably a good thing. Of all the people that he could have hit, he hit you. I just don't. I still don't understand why he would do something. I, like that. And I really don't. And I and I really don't even think he hit me. No. It, yeah. I he threw it behind you. Yeah. He threw it behind you. That was after yeah. a, a warning, though. So when he threw it behind you, you knew. Yeah. That's when you knew, like this guy's trying to hit me, and that's not going to fly. Yep. <laughs> yep. You, yeah. I should have just should have just hit man. <laughs> and then like five five days later you guys had a, a fight with the cubs when paul wilson got taken down by uh kyle farnsworth oh yeah it was like yeah. it was like five days later it was i think it was the same homestand was it really yeah huh. yeah 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 i do remember that one too <laughs> that was that didn't turn out too well for paul wilson Nah, it looked worse than what it was. <laughs> All right, we'll get to some Twitter questions here. I, uh, just a few of them here, Adam. Uh, this one's from Steve. Right. He says, what was the best prank you've seen pulled on Junior, or what was the best prank you've ever seen? Best prank pulled on Junior. Um, junior was an easy target. Um, <laughs> you know, what was the best prank? They, I mean, they, um, they got me a couple, they got me a good time. They got, they got me, we were at a restaurant in, uh, in LA eating. There was a, I mean, there was probably 15, 20 people and I go to the restroom 
I come back out and everybody's gone. You know, and I think it was my first or second year. I'm thinking, where is there? I don't know where I'm at. Like, where's everybody? Right. You know, and I sit down and just ask the waitress, and they're like, they're gone. I'm like, when are you gone? <laughs> like, yeah, they said you had the the bill, and the bill was, you know, something crazy. And I'm thinking, and I, I know I don't have that in my checking account. Like, I, don't, I have no idea how this is even going to go down. And uh, so I reluctantly handed my card, and I walked out. We just, I kept waiting for them to come back, and no, they never came back. And so I had to find a cab. I mean, I had no idea where I was or nothing. But, um, you know, that was that was, that was was kind of the, the stuff that, that was... they obviously paid me back. Right. Thank God. So I could pay for the bill. But, um, but yeah, it was, you know, we, we, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, there... you know, I've seen, I've seen junior pay people in, in pennies. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. 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 You remember that? Josh Fogg. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. That's uh that's classic. So, and, and when I, when this, when Steve sent me this question, it made me uh, think back to see if I remember any, uh, any pranks that involved you. And I could only think of one and it was, uh, you know, Butch took 90% of the trips. So I, I, when I did yep. get to travel, uh, it was, it was fun for me because, you know, I didn't get to do it so often, but w- what one year it really kind of, it made it all worthwhile when I was coming back to my hotel room after dinner one night and I saw you and I think maybe Hatterberg, uh, moving some furniture out of a, a rookie's room into the hallway. Do oh, you, yeah. do you, that had to happen more than one time. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that we yeah uh, we used to that was we used to do that a lot. You know, <laughs> take the mattress. And we just yeah, we used to do that quite a bit. <laughs> childish, childish. Uh, right, but yeah, but again, you're having fun, so it's no big deal. Yep, no question. Uh, this one's from Kimbro. She wants to know uh, what you really think about your nickname, Big Donkey. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm indifferent, but now, um, <laughs> you know, indifferent. I, Do you remember who gave you that nickname, or did, was it something? Oh, that... absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Chris Sexton. Um, Chris Sexton, that's going back. Yeah, going back. Yep. Wow. Yep. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> big donkey. Like, what? That's stupid. That's a stupid nickname. I don't like it. But uh, yeah, somehow that thing caught on. Oh man. One's, here's one from Teresa. She wants to know what your favorite moment was while you were in Cincinnati, if you could pick one. Uh, favorite moment. Probably, let's see. I mean, the, the, the Joe Randa walk-off opening day was pretty, you know, pretty awesome. That was, um, you know, opening day is such a big deal in Cincinnati anyway. And, that was cool, yeah. And for that to go down like that, uh, you hit two home was, runs in that, that game, pretty... if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, people don't remember that, though, man. <laughs> people don't remember that, which is fine because, uh, <laughs> you know, the the, the the feeling of when Joe hit that walk-off was, was about as good as it gets. Right. Um, this one's from Suzanne. She wants to know, when you were in the when you were new in the Reds clubhouse, who did you look to as the leader? Again, it was – you know, I don't know if you could, obviously, you know, Lark was the, Lark, you know, Lark was the guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But there was so many, you know, uh, we, we had a, a team full. I mean, yeah. you know, you had people like Juan Castro, you know, the respect factor that people have for, yeah. for Juan Castro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it didn't, didn't matter your so-called, you know, status. I mean, it was, 
you know, I would I would throw on Castro was was one of the leaders, and obviously Sean, and Aaron, and uh, Junior, and and, and right. you know Larue. I mean, it was just, it was just a, a a good group of of guys that um, you know. Obviously, Lark was the guy, but um, you know, I, it, it'd be really hard to pinpoint one. And this uh, final Twitter question from Marshall, he wants to know, were you really more excited to see Nickelback than you were about the walk-off Grand Slam you hit to win uh, the game against Cleveland? Yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a very interesting game, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, at the, at the time, I think I was. I think, I think at the time, you know, we, we just came off that win, and, you know, I wanted to make sure we – a bunch of us going and I didn't yeah, yeah. you know I wanted to make sure we got there and and you know enjoyed ourselves it, it, that couldn't have, that might have been one of the greatest complete whole days of <laughs> of, of my life that was that was, I mean I, rem, I, I I vividly remember how all that went down yeah uh from sitting on the bench to, to Hatterberg counting you know we're down I don't know seven or whatever it was and him counting going well you could win this thing I'm like dude <laughs> I mean we got yeah, I could. Sure could. Yeah. And sure enough. Bob was, Bob Wickman, I think. Was it Bob Wickman? Bob Wickman. Yeah. Sure was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember sure that because I know Rob was going with you guys that day. And I, yes, he I, was. And just like baseball, you know, when you have plans to do something after a game, you know, it's going to come Never back failed. to bite you. Yep. <laughs> and then it ended that way. You guys got to go out. It was great. It was That was a great day. It that, was. That was one of those that. That was a great day. That even the folks that were in the press box or even in the stands will will remember that. But Adam, all yep. and it was go go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it makes it even better when it was against the Indians and <laughs> packed house. I mean, it was just yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Well, man, you've been you've been such a a good sport today. We had some technical difficulties before we got started, and. I, I really appreciate your patience it. and <laughs> you expect it out of me, right? But uh, I want to uh, just wish you well, you and your family, and let you know that you always have a, a special place here in Cincinnati for the the Reds fans that you played in front of, and for the folks like me that you you, you worked with, and were such a, a a good guy to be around. So uh, we appreciate it, and I just want to say thanks again, and we'll we'll be keeping an eye on you and hoping you'll be back here at the ballpark before long. All right, Jamie. I appreciate it, buddy, and uh, best of luck with the twins, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. See you, bud. See you later. Some of the best stories about Adam Dunn have nothing at all to do with baseball. I love that he talked about some of the pranks he and his teammates pulled. And, of course, I don't think any of us would mind if he had talked more about the famous banana phone call. Adam is still very humble, evident by the fact he doesn't have any kind of shrine to his playing career in his house, and isn't even sure if his kids know he played baseball. I found it inspiring, but not surprising, that Adam is more concerned with being a loving father and family man than anything else. All of us here at Better Off Red wish Adam nothing but the best. Join us next time as we'll bring you interviews we conducted during Reds Fest weekend. Various guests include Homer Bailey, Marty Brenneman, Anthony DeSclafani, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, and many more. That's next time right here on the Better Off Red podcast. Thank yous go out this week to Adam Dunn, the Cincinnati Reds, and to my main man, Nick Prince, the best technical director in the podcasting business. Without Nick, this podcast would not exist. 
That's all this week from BOR headquarters. Until next time, I'm Jamie Ramsey. Expect good news.